0: It's ridiculous to hear that there are people who are chanting for freedom that are saying from the river to the sea, Palestine will be free. And there are literally people who are saying kill them all, murder all of them, level it, take them all out. And we are those two things are are being equated to each other. One is calling for freedom, for freedom of all people, for equality and for democracy. And the other is literally calling for genocide. And we're and we're having to fight those two battles at the same time. It's I, I've never I've never understood or or fathom how those two things could even um no one's calling out the genocidal speak, but everyone is calling out this the conversation about freedom.
1: Hey everyone, this is Abby Martin. You're listening to the audio version of this episode, which you can watch at youtube.com slash Empire Files. You can also listen to our new exclusive podcast only at patreon.com slash Empire Files, which makes all our free video content possible. Alana, thank you so much for coming on the Empire Files. It's really great to talk to you. Your family is probably the most well known Palestinian family in the world. Um, your sisters, Gigi and Bella, are supermodels, very well known. Your dad is a real estate mogul. Uh, you, your sister, Marielle, and your brother, Anwar, are all fashion icons. There is so much pressure on your family to stay silent about what Israel is doing, but you have been very vocal. You've been posting almost daily about the genocide going on in Gaza. And Alana, you've never done an inter- interview about this. And so I really appreciate you taking the time. I really appreciate you going on my platform to to talk to me.
0: I mean, I appreciate you Abby like I think I was a fan of yours in a lot of ways. Um how outspoken you were about Palestine, all the advocacy that you've done, um you know, the documentaries, all the interviews that you've done, it was inspirational for me to be totally honest. Um, And seeing a lot of the things that you did and not just because we've become friends and because I'm here and talking to you, truly um, I know that there are people who've said to me the way that I spoke out has made them feel more comfortable about their um, advocacy and and you did that for me. So I, I appreciate you and I'm glad to be here.
1: That's amazing. I'm cr- incredibly honored to hear that. I guess, Alana, let's just start by talking about how you've been feeling over the course of the last couple weeks, weeks um, ever since October 7th.
0: Uh, truthfully, I mean, even now, I just want to cry all the time. Um, God, I didn't think I was going to start crying already. Um,
1: it's so hard.
0: I just want to cry. <laughs> yeah. I think it's a horrible, you know, I want to be strong. I am strong. I think um, my family is really strong. I come from a very strong stock. Um, I'm Palestinian and Irish. Uh, so fighting for freedom is literally coursing through my blood. And I think I get a lot of it from both sides of my family. You know, I got this amazing power from being a Palestinian Um, And I also have this kind of uh, broad and beautiful um, lineage of of speaking towards uh, truth to power and liberation from my Irish side as well. So I think um, since uh, October 7th, all I've really felt like doing was just speaking. Um, It's been this mixture of grief and beauty um, in that uh, I feel... On a constant basis, I've never seen anything more horrific than what's gone on since October 7th. Um, but at the same time, I've also never seen more beautiful solidarity for Palestinian people. And um, it has been amazing to see. And I'm so grateful and thankful that uh, it hasn't just been um, falling on deaf ears as it has for the last 75 years.
1: Right. It is. That's a good way to put it. It's both horrifying and also inspiring to see just this global movement emerge despite the media um completely lying. I mean, just in lockstep with the Israeli government. It is atrocious to say the least, Alana. Your family has also been targeted and attacked by Zionists recently. I remember when we were, you know, we were talking before all of this unfolded, but then after it did, you you told me you're like, look, I, I got a new number because we got doxxed, all of our numbers got released, we were threatened, sent death threats, we were harassed. That must've been really scary.
0: Um, It was, uh, it's kind of par for the course. I do think that, um, you know, to say that we're the only people who have this happen um, would be a a large understatement. There's an entire website, um, multiple, uh, you know, dedicated to doxing anyone who speaks out in solidarity of the Palestinian people. Um, Canary Mission has been around for years. I think for me and my family, I won't speak for everyone, but for me, it's a badge of honor. if they're, you know, looking to silence me, it means I'm saying something truthful and something they don't want people to hear. So I'm willing to change my number every week if that's what I have to do. I'm not worried about that. What I'm worried about is not getting the truth out. And so it's important to me that, you know, that doesn't stop me and it never will. Um, and I I do want people to know that that doesn't scare my family and myself. We will continue to to speak out um, and speak out in favor of the truth
1: I mean the Israeli government absolutely <laughs> hates your family I mean it's yeah, crazy I mean, like every day I just feel like they they're so obsessed with your family I seen like Netanyahu addressing like members of your family oh, yeah. it's totally insane.
0: I mean there was there are special envoys I feel like just s- supposedly um you know about, anti-semitism and their whole job it feels like is just speaking about my family so it's been kind of interesting um to watch um it feels ridiculous considering there is real anti-semitism in the world there are people who really are out there and do really hate jewish people and and aren't just speaking out against the israeli government which a lot, a large percentage of the Israeli citizens are doing. Um, So for there to be special envoys that are just speaking out about Palestine, I think is really missing the point. Um, The point being that there are uh, people who actually mean to hurt Jewish people and the Palestinian people are not those people.
1: Yeah, I think that we've seen that be exposed uh, pretty well, over the last month, is you know, like organizations like the Anti Defamation League, it really is all about protecting Israel. It's not actually about combating anti-Semitism around the world. You know that they, they keep citing these statistics, saying that there's an uptick of anti-Semitism, and what they include in those statistics, Alana, is simply pro-Palestine demonstrations that chant certain slogans like "Free Palestine." I guess just the idea of freeing an occupied people. Um, is, you know, is threatening genocide, apparently, to the Jewish nation. It is extremely cynical and disingenuous and horrifying, frankly, when you step back and, and look at how all of this is being manipulated and exploited and mask to actually i mean we're talking about actual anti-semitism that is on the rise around the world but this is not what this is this is people who are in solidarity these are anti-racists
0: i think also what's important to say is that it, it definitely um it has the term has lost strength in its uh you know, equation to the free Palestine movement. Um, and and as well, I think that the liberation of the occupied is also the liberation of the occupier. Um, and I think that that's something that people forget um, that when you put yourself in a position like Israel has, where they're speaking for the entire Jewish uh, community, which many anti-Zionists take offense to, um, that you are putting yourself as a community in the position of being an occupier and that is not a great position to be in that is definitely putting the uh jewish people i think um as a whole in a in a poor position and uh, obviously it puts Palestinian people in an in a much poorer position, a horrible position. but it's it's locking those two things in place, the occupied and the occupier. and i I, I just think that 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 there's a possibility of freeing both people.
1: Couldn't agree more. I mean, you know, Israeli Jews will have a place as a very important place in post-apartheid the post-apartheid one state, um, which I think is where this is all going and has to go in order for everyone to be equal. And that canard is really really falling apart, especially when you see Israeli officials writing op-eds in Israeli publications saying, denounce your Judaism, Alana, denounce it because you're not a Jew anymore if you are participating in these protests. And we're seeing actually on the front lines, organizations like Jewish Voices for Peace taking... Such an important, strong stand, um, consisting of tens of thousands of people doing direct actions, and their response to this is, "Well, you're no longer Jewish."
0: <laughs> it's ins- it's it's honestly insanity. It's ridiculous, and that's anti-Semitism to me. Yes, I think that is. If you don't think that silencing Jewish voices in because there are anti-Zionist Jewish voices is an anti-Semitism, then I don't really understand anti-Semitism. Um, truthfully, I think it's ridiculous. It's honestly, it's it's insane. Um, it's We should have a conversation, truthfully, and I think people are opening their eyes to the, the vast difference between... Judaism and Zionism, and that they aren't interconnected, that they have nothing to do with each other. Uh, One is a political movement and one is a peaceful and beautiful religion. So um, I think it's, it's, it's ridiculous to hear that there are people who are chanting for freedom that are saying from the river to the sea, Palestine will be free. And there are literally people who are saying, kill them all murder all of them level it take them all out and we are those two things are are being equated to each other one is calling for freedom for freedom of all people for equality and for democracy and the other is literally calling for genocide and we're and we're having to fight those two battles at the same time it's i i've never i've never understood or or fathom how those two things could even um no one's calling out the genocidal speak, but everyone is calling out this the conversation about freedom.
1: It's, it's the most ludicrous false equivalency yeah. because it's like one side is committing genocide in front of the world and the other side, they're just claiming that they want to, and that's why they have to commit genocide against them. It's like, I, I feel like I'm losing my mind. But Alana, you said something so important, which is that your family has a target on your back From the Israeli government and it's not even because of how openly you know you guys are talking about the situation it's because you are proud um popular charismatic Palestinians that is the threat because just existing just existing as proud Palestinians takes away from the narrative that all Palestinians must be dehumanized must be demonized in order to expel them all um, you must have so many crazy stories about not just the Israeli lobby and not just Israeli media officials, but I mean, just, I guess just anyone who's appendages of that apparatus trying to smear you guys, um, basically destroy your livelihoods. Can you share any?
0: Sure. I mean, I think it's been going on for so long at this point that it feels like commonplace. And I know that sounds really bad, but um, um we've become, I've become quite used to it. Um, I've lost, I can't even imagine the amount of friends. Um, And the irony being, I've always been Palestinian. I'm not um, living in solidarity with the Palestinian people. I didn't just come out as a Palestinian. I've always been Palestinian. (laughs) I've never, um, we've never, we've never been a family who were afraid to say we were Palestinian. And I have to be honest, you know, there are a lot of families that, um, you know, Made the decision when they immigrated, especially to the U.S., which the way that U.S. functions has said, you know, we're Lebanese or we're Jordanian, um, only to protect themselves from being targeted or seen um, as anything else. Because the equation of Palestine to terrorism has been so ingrained, especially in the U.S., um, and it is insanity, it's it's totally I'm I've I I mean I have a million stories about it I'm trying to think of what would be like one of the relevant stories when I went to Israel I was um strip searched multiple times um I was harassed for many hours every single time I went there um yeah I mean I'm kind of getting off topic but truthfully um I think there is just a lot of mental gymnastics that goes into trying to shut us down in my in my family it's you know saying that we're wearing keffiyeh so we're supporting Hamas um saying that uh you know because we chant from the river to the sea we want all jewish people to go into the sea which i that one really like blows my mind um so whatever is possible to to say they've said it um, you know, leaking our phone numbers on, telegram groups, whatever it is. Um, we've had death threats, all sorts of things. and and truthfully, um I, like, yeah, it's annoying., uh, um, it's frustrating, but is it quieting? No, Is it silencing? Definitely not. It's definitely, it gives me strength to know that if enough people are worried, Uh, about what I'm saying, what I'm saying holds a lot of truth and a lot of
1: power. It was just crazy. I saw like, I think it was Gigi, like posted just something that denounced October 7th, you know, like everyone does. And then said something, it was like a very innocuous post. And I just saw the Israel, like the actual account of Israel posting all this crazy shit about it, like screenshotting and Trying to like just call her out multiple times. It's like, I mean, it's like this is what you're focused on while you're committing a genocide that you're literally focused on the hadids. <laughs> like it's just I mean, unbelievable.
0: If we're gonna talk about the equation of war, what I thought what I found really interesting in all of this is this this conversation about the fact that it's a war. Mm-hmm. Um, if it's a war, would you think that that what the uh Israeli governments social media page would be focusing on is attacking a very like i care about life post um it's about painting all people and and this is like a broad spectrum i mean there are a lot of celebrities who've come out and just said what has happened is horrible what has is continuing to happen in, in Gaza is horrible. And those people are being painted by Israel as Hamas supporters, as terrorist supporters, um, as dangerous people. And it's, I think it's indicative of any time we've seen a genocide in the world, any time historically we've seen basically fascism, is the shutting down of, of free speech, any conversations about um, the other side having any intrinsic human uh, capacity is completely shut down. They don't. I also do believe that the people, the the propaganda is so strong that the a lot of these people are really not seeing any other voices besides the ones they've been programmed to see. So you know, and Eve Barlow or mm. you know, Noah. Shitzby, I Tishby, sorry. Noah Tishby. <laughs> uh, those people who are, you know, propagating this idea that they are defending Israel, that they're defending all the, the entire Jewish community, um, that this is only a targeted attack on Hamas, that you know, the civilians are human shields, and that they are freeing
1: us. It's like they want. Palestinians to be like silent victims you know be be respectful victims of genocide and occupation
0: that is also the big power and um and the the kind of that is the the problem with saying we just want peace why doesn't everyone want peace I you know Um, we get browbeaten a lot for not calling for peace all the time. And I I do think, you know, Palestinians are peaceful people. We want peace. But asking a occupied people to call for peace is to say, lay down and take your, take this.
1: Yep. Yep. Accept your fate as just perpetually uh, subjugated. And that's exactly what they want from you. And and I think you bring up an important point, which is now there's kind of this new phase. It's always been there. People have always lost their jobs, um, sponsorships for speaking out about Israeli aggression. But now there is a new phase after October 7th, where now the branding has become, are you a Hamas sympathizer or not? And we even saw pro-Palestine marches right afterward to stand in solidarity with what we knew was going to be a very genocidal onslaught in Gaza. Um, as saying they're pro-Hamas demonstrations, even from the likes of some progressives in Congress. If you dare to criticize Israel's response, and even worse, like we said, I mean, the anti-Semitic label is still branded on you if you dare to talk about the root of the violence, the siege and the occupation. And then there's the constant gaslighting by Western media. I just can't even fathom what it's like as a Palestinian because this has been going—we've we, talked about this before. It's been going on since 9-11. It's always been conflated with terrorism forever. But, but it's ramped up to such an egregious level where you are told, as a Palestinian, no, 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 Israel—see, don't you understand? Israel's not actually committing genocide. Hamas is committing self-genocide. Yeah. The Palestinian people are doing this to themselves. They're blowing up their own hospitals. They're using kids as human shields. And the latest— horrifying image that's come out where there's 37 NICU um, premature babies that had to be ripped out of their incubators and covered with foil on the ground. And I had some crazy psychopath tell me Hamas is using these babies as human shields. Yeah. And it's like, how, how, how does this propaganda stick? It's the most dehumanizing old racist trope in the book.
0: That's the craziest part I think about it, and I think it's one been most the most frustrating part um, as a Palestinian and for Palestinians is that we've just been screaming, "Look at us! As we're humans, don't we deserve human rights? Don't we deserve even the basic human rights?" We've been screaming that for so long, but it has been this this level of propaganda has has been mind boggling to see in real time, the way that this propaganda machine works, um, to see that you'll see children leaving a pediatric ward um, in Northern Gaza, and they're trying to leave white flags in hands with a few remaining doctors, and the IDF is shooting at them. Um, They were told to evacuate. And as they're trying to evacuate, as what they were told, they are being shot at. Now they have to go back into the hospital where they were just told to evacuate. Now they're scared to leave or stay. This is being uh rolled out to a Zionist audience as this is Hamas shooting at them. What does it what, what does Hamas gain by shooting Palestinian people? Like, where's the logic gone? I I feel like no one is understanding. Logic is completely left the building. And we are just dealing with this onslaught of, of cognitive dissonance. People really do not want to believe that the things that they have been led to believe their entire lives could possibly be wrong, could possibly mean that a state that they've supported is committing a genocide in front of them, killing babies. They would much rather believe that these people who kind of look like the people who did 9-11 are the ones who are doing this. It makes them feel much, it's much easier for them to go to sleep at night. And this has been going on for a very long time. The dehumanization of uh, Arabs, especially the Islamophobia, the the dehumanization of Muslims, complete erasure of the fact that there was a, there used to be a large Christian population um, in Gaza. It's almost down to nothing at this point. Um, the amount of, of Christians who've been murdered, but the dehumanization of Palestinians has been built into the dehumanization of Muslims, so that they can do all of these horrible things to the to the Middle East and and get away with it. Truly, it's it's ho- it's horrible to watch. I I don't think that anyone was ready for this to be the way in which the world saw what was going on in Palestine.
1: Yeah, Yeah. the the, the lies, the fantasies that are being peddled by Israeli media with US media in tow. I mean, not even Israeli media, actually, let me correct that, because Israeli media is proudly declaring that every civilian dead, which there are over 4,000 children, thousands still buried under the rubble, The Israeli media is actually proudly declaring that every civilian dead is a terrorist that they've killed. They have a tracker going live. Meanwhile, Biden and the rest of the embarrassing stenographers that call themselves journalists are just repeating the fact that we cannot trust the civilian death toll because it's Hamas. Hamas is the government. And you're right. The logic falls apart because it's all about dehumanizing brown people to the point where they're such barbaric animals that they just kill their own. Yep. And they just throw babies in the front of bullets. It's mind-blowing that you can think that every human life is not precious and that every family doesn't want their children to die, that they cherish their children's lives. And when you're looking at, like, like they told everyone to flee from the north to the south, and, and that Israel basically told everyone, if you're just still stuck in the north, then you are essentially going to be lumped in with terrorists and you are fair game. All of the doctors that are still, people in hospitals can't leave. They cannot flee. The doctors stayed, Alana, these heroic, selfless doctors that stayed put their bodies on the line and they are getting bombed because they said, "I." there was one just on Democracy Now, um, his last remaining words that will stick with me till the day I die, where he just said, I did not go to medical school for over a decade to leave my patients. I am staying and he yeah. died. And that is what we're dealing with right here, and the audacity, the audacity to say that it's Palestinians' fault, that it's Hamas's fault, as we're seeing a genocide unfold in real time, be live-streamed by the victims, I have never seen such horrors. And and Israel is scared that they're losing the narrative, Alana, because no matter what the media says, people are waking up, you look at genera- generationally, the younger you are, the, the more you disbelieve the corporate media <laughs> narrative, which yeah. is great. Um, and they are so desperate to get Hollywood on board. Like I don't know if you just saw this, oh. where Gal Gadot, yeah. their their favorite celebrity, that they trot out there because everyone the else only is kind of the really. One. They were so desperate. They had all these celebrities sign on to that stupid letter condemning Hamas for what Israel's crimes are. And I was actually really taken aback and surprised to see a lot of names on that letter. And I was I was horrified. I really,
0: I have to be honest. I truthfully don't believe that those people knew what they were signing on Mm -hmm. to. I think that there are a lot of people who were disgusted by what was going on in, in Gaza, but also, you know, rightfully were wanting to condemn what they felt was, um, was like a horrible act of, 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 you know, terror. And Understandably, a lot of people do not have the grand scope. This isn't functioning in a vacuum. You have to really understand what's going on. And it's not complicated, but it's been made to seem complicated. And if you feel like it's too complicated, you may not really understand. So I get that. Yeah. As for the 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 doctors, it I think it is, it is so what's so mind-boggling for me is going from COVID where we were literally standing on our, you know, outside our doors clapping for, you know, spending an hour clapping for for doctors and nurses and, you know, people were dedicating their time to bringing food to uh, essential workers we're now painting essential workers as terrorists and allowing a government to murder them for wanting to stay with their patients. Like, let that sink in. I think that it's, I just don't understand how how the world can vacillate this way um, from believing that that doctors and children are important and need to be safe, that we're all going to mask up to make sure that you know, people are safe and then going all the way to the other side where it's like, oh, fuck these people. Um, they can die, too, if they don't want to move from the hospital where they've been trying to evacuate, where there are snipers outside who will probably shoot them if they try to leave. They're the we Gazans can't even bury their dead because they can't go outside to to take them in the north. These are people who can't move. They have nowhere to go. A lot of them, a lot of the people who haven't left are disabled. They're elderly. Um, they have children, small children, and they can't walk the five to ten hours to the south. I think people are really losing the plot in not understanding the ramifications. Why didn't they just leave? Imagine if someone, if you lived in Los Angeles and someone said, you need to walk from your house To Malibu, right now, you have 10 minutes to leave and you have a child or you have uh, your grandmother lives with you. And many times, entire families live together. Imagine that. Like, I just don't understand how how people aren't getting how just leave doesn't mean just leave. They're not going to be able to go back. Their houses are not going to be there when they get back what do you do in that situation some people are saying you know we're not going to be this we refuse to allow to be ourselves to be part of the second nakba and to be honest it's the third kind of the fourth um but they refuse to do that they they refuse to to be displaced they refuse to be refugees again um some of them for the third time
1: so Right. And just pride. I mean, staying in their homes just because they said, I'd rather die here than die being bombed out in the streets aimlessly. And so fleeing to the South doesn't really do anything, especially when Israel is bombing the South.
0: And and not to, you know, give roll out the red carpet to Egypt, but I don't think that they should. Uh, stand up and say, we're okay with another Nakba. Mm -hmm. We're going to just allow you to displace these people and annex Gaza. Like they should, they definitely don't need to say okay to that. It's one of the reasons why many uh, Arab nations have not Taken in Palestinians, because there would be no right to to return if they lose their refugee status. People don't understand the complexity of that. Mm-hmm. Um, if they take in those Palestinians, those Palestinians will not be able to go back to Palestine. People need to really grasp that.
1: you know, I have to mention this because you mentioned that a lot of celebrities didn't maybe didn't know what they were signing on to. and and I agree with you because especially when you look at someone like, Justin Bieber or Jamie Lee Curtis who were posting awesome. images of destroyed Gaza and saying, pray for Israel or stand with Israel. And it's like, okay, if you, if any aspect of your brain can actually wrap your mind around this image and think that this is Israel, you have no idea what's going on. But of course, they had to take those images down and then they didn't post anything else. It's like, okay, if that horrified you, the leveling, the carpet bombing and mass murder of children, if you saw that in that image and it really struck you enough to post that, why does it change when you find out it's Palestine? I mean, it's so obvious, Alana, and it's so sad, the amount of pressure. Um, but but again, I think that people don't want to put themselves out there too much like they may have before, because other than Gal Gadot, who's like the poster child, um, she tried to organize these screenings of like Hamas body cams, just like murdering people, I guess and wanted to show this in Hollywood, um, I think at the Holocaust Museum, and I, and I and I think it really fell flat. I don't think any celebrities showed up. And I think even she dipped out last minute because she was like, this is embarrassing. No one's coming to show up for this propaganda screening. And that's good, right? That at least people didn't want to participate in that.
0: <laughs> well, there, yeah, so it was supposed to take a place at the Museum of Tolerance, which is kind of like a, um, a Holocaust museum. Um, and yeah, she didn't show up at all. The spin control has happened right away, right away. She didn't uh, show up and no other celebrities showed up, um, to this propaganda screening. And, uh, right away the, the spin control happened and they said that they didn't show up because they were worried about their safety. Just the kind of conjuring of the possibility that there is uh, a safety issue is supposed to make us all cl- grasp our pearls, but an actual safety issue, a genocide happening. And I've seen more. Anti, uh, like Islamophobia and anti-Palestinianism, happening throughout the world. Then I've seen um, anti-Semitism in reaction to this. To be totally honest, there have been multiple instances of of Palestinians or people who are supporting Palestine being accosted or hurt violently or you know spoken to. There are many videos of, of people, Zionists, screaming horrible genocidal things at Palestinians and uh, people who who work in solidarity. I could probably pull up my DMs and show you some of the horrific things that I've gotten um, in response to my posts from people supporting Israel. and And I'm not constantly having conversations about how scared I am.
1: <laughs> there is no reason for an ethno state to exist and it and it can't exist forever because of the problem of of ethnically cleansing the indigenous population um, to maintain a Jewish majority. and that that's the big problem with Israel that no one wants to address. I mean until that is addressed, Alana, there are going to be severe problems um, with how Israel functions and operates and quote unquote defends itself. You know, one of the reasons that Israel hates Palestinians so much, becoming popular, like you and your family, is because all Palestinians have a shared history that exposes Israel for what it is. Um, Can you quickly talk about, like, your family's history? Uh, Because I'm sure you grew up with stories about what happened to your father and your family history in Palestine.
0: Sure. Um, So... Much like many Palestinians, although some were ethnically cleansed in um, in sixty seven, my father and his family were ethnically cleansed in nineteen forty eight. Um, they lived in Safed, um, and uh, there was actually a Hadid quarter of that city that was built by my family. Um, it still exists. Um, it's now Safed's now called Sfat. It's a, a quite Orthodox. Um, Jewish city, um, and the the buildings that my family built are still there. Um, my father was born in 1948, um, as was tradition. Uh, my grandmother went to Nazareth, where her family was, to have her her children, so that her family could rally around her while she was um, giving birth. So she had gone to Nazareth to have my father um she took her children with her um and uh the family the polish family that was living with my family in suffed um had while my fa- my grandfather was at work had taken over the main house um and were protected by soldiers there wasn't an idf then it was the um goon or hagana hagana but um they had surrounded the house and um told my grandfather that he couldn't take anything with him that he had to leave um my grandmother was also expelled um and her family from uh, their home in Nazareth and uh she walked with her children and a donkey to Damascus um and yeah. they were refugees there Um, I think it was months later that she found um, her husband, my grandfather, and they were refugees for 14 years, multiple places um, all over the Middle East until they eventually um, immigrated to the U.S. It was violent. The family that my that my family had allowed in um, to live in their home when they had no home, when they had been expelled from Poland, um, ended up taking his home and, um, they were forced to leave by gunpoint. Uh, so what we're seeing right now is, has brought up a lot, um, for my family, my father, especially my, um, We've heard these stories over and over again of the way in which our families were violently expelled from from Palestine. 750,000 families were expelled violently from Palestine in 1948. And I never thought I would see it again. I know that there has been an ethnic cleansing of Palestinians that has happened over the course of the last 75 years, but I never thought... Um, I would watch people being ethnically cleansed in the way that um, that my family was ever again. And it's it's been quite traumatic to watch. Um, The world should be traumatized by what's happening to the Palestinians. And it's, you know, these things are happening all over the world. This is happening in real time, right in front of us, all over social media. And it's it's. It's mind boggling to watch and mind boggling to see the amount of support given for a genocidal ethnic cleansing um, that looks exactly like the one that you wouldn't have been able to see in 1948.
1: I want to just iterate a point that you made that I think is really shocking is that your family was literally sheltering refugees from anti-Semitic purges and then you and then your family was forced to flee. I mean, it's just crazy. It's like, it just kind of just debunks that whole notion. It's like, even, you know, historic Palestine, Jews, Christians, Muslims, like everyone lived in harmony. It's the, it's just incredible that that, that happened.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I think, sorry, I think not to, you know, not to gloss over, like nowhere is perfect. I don't think everyone was, you know, holding hands around the world and, and that there was, there weren't any issues i do think that that some of the issues came about with the knowledge that there was a very high possibility that the creation of the state of israel was going to force out anyone who wasn't jewish that did cause a massive amount of unrest in what was i would say a fairly peaceful place um where you know, people of all different ethnicities and religions came. My family member, um, who, Dahar al-Omar, who was one of the, you know, uh, rulers under the Ottoman Empire, he built mosques and churches and synagogues all next to each other. They still exist in some parts of the country. Um, you know, many of the churches um, and and mosques have been boarded up or, you know, turned into hotels or something like that. But they were all built right next to each other because his idea was to welcome in all people from all religions into Palestine as a bastion um, for, for people, as a safe haven for people. And to paint Palestinians as anything else but that um, has been an ongoing uh, erasure of the actual reality of what Palestine was and is.
1: Mm-hmm. There's a lot of pressure on all Palestinians. There always has been, of course, but I mean, especially in a post nine eleven world, uh, to conform and just shut up and and obey and don't talk about your oppression as the Palestinian people have been enduring for so long. Your personal journey as a Palestinian American, um, especially having Irish in your blood too, like was it always part of your family history and and, and embedded? In your upbringing or was there like a catalyzing moment where you were just like this is fucking crazy um the israeli aggression against my people and i never really understood it before
0: well i have uh, a multiple degrees in political science international relations and diplomacy so i do understand what's happening and i have understood what's happening um at a kind of a deeper political level for quite a while, but. As a child, I was always told about what happened to my family and and why they were in the U.S., um, that, you know, they didn't just come there like a lot of people and they didn't have the ability to go home. I think that was... um, really ingrained in us um the you know when my grandfather died I was quite young I think I was six and um and there was a lot of conversation around the fact that he would have wanted to be buried where he was born in Palestine and he was not able to to, to be buried there. Um, my father who was born in Palestine will not, I'm, I'm very hopeful that he will but right as of now is not able to be buried in the place where he was born sorry that gets me ever done. that is I mean that has been I think that's one of the hardest things for people is watching their family pass away and not be able to do that in the place that they were born I think that has been truthfully an eye-opening experience for Palestinians and others. Um, I think I've heard from a lot of anti-Zionist Jewish people that that hearing and understanding that has has really uh, changed their view, Um, especially on birthright, which is very triggering for Palestinians. Um, But I think for me, um, I always talked about Palestine. I never felt like um, I felt like it was important to have a conversation around it. I do have a lot of activists, um, family members. Um, my cousin, Lena, is quite a, a, a big activist when it comes to Palestine. She took me to a, a Palestine rally when I was probably nine years old. And I came back saying, hell no, we won't go. Long live the PLO. <laughs> Um, and I didn't understand what I was saying at the time. Um, but, uh, I do think as far as having a grasp on what impact my social media could have, um, I don't know, I think in 2021, truly, I mean, I was speaking about it a lot before, but not probably not to the level that I am now. Um, I think in twenty late twenty twenty and early twenty twenty one, with the storming of Al Aqsa, um, which has has happened multiple times, but it was very highly covered um, on social media. I think that that was really kind of a a like ancestral calling that I couldn't uh, just make it kind of some of my life. I need to make it a bigger part of my life it is important for me and it's not just about freeing palestine I, I that sounds really a lot of people don't believe it but it really is um all of these all of these people th- these fights for liberation really are um tied intrinsically tied and they're not just tied um because you know no one can be free until everyone is free but they're tied because the people who are Um, perpetrating these genocides are all the same people, Um, the people who are arming the people, the people who are allowing for this to happen. Um, Israel has a big part in a lot of the genocides that are happening throughout the world. Um, They arm Azerbaijanis. um, They are involved in the Congo and Sudan. Um, The U.S. has been fighting proxy wars um, in in. Uh, Africa for years and uh, they are making money off of our oppression. Um, The stock market is a good place to take a look. If you want to know why this is happening, um, take a look at, at, you know, what stocks are going up right now um, and who's invested in those stocks. um, Because a lot of the people who sit on our Congress are invested in the stocks that are making money off the wars that are killing our people. So, Pay attention. Um, you know there are uh, many of the places where terrorists live also happen to have crude oil, also happen to have you know uh, minerals that are ne- necessary for um, making of iPhones and and technology, uh, military technology, um, things of that nature. So there is a bigger picture, and and for me, I I want all people to to see and understand that we could we can unite for collective liberation. We can liberate ourselves from the people who seek to separate us and to profit off our separation.
1: Very well said. Couldn't agree more. Um, and it and it is interesting. I haven't heard this point raised nearly enough since all of this started on October 7th, which is the police. I mean, the police in America are trained by Israeli forces. There's an NYPD office in Tel Aviv. I mean, it's just this crazy partnership that can explain the increased militarization and the rabid nature of our police forces to assault um, indigenous people and Black Americans on a regular basis here. And that really needs to be exposed. And of course, I mean, the root of this oppression is empire, is imperialism. And and you just heard. I mean, Biden said it himself, like a couple decades ago. He was like, "If Israel didn't exist, we would need to create her." I like how they call her call Israel "her," um, like anthropomorphizing, like this <laughs> genocidal maniac ethno state as like a woman. Um, but but he was just like, "We would need to create an Israel to serve our goals, our yes. goals of imperialism, because Israel is our colonial outpost in the Middle East. It's our eyes and ears, and we need." Israel to serve the utility, um, to secure the oil, to secure the resources, to be our watchdog, our battering ram, it's totally cynical and disgusting. And this humanitarianism that's folded around what the raw reality and the horrifying truth of that partnership, it's sick, this liberal humanitarianism. I mean, to perfectly exemplify how grotesque this is, I just saw an Israeli soldier um, on the leveled plains of some of the ruins in Gaza holding an LGBTQ flag. And and it says, I did this for love. And it's like mind-blowingly dystopian um, and Orwellian. And, you know, there is a global movement. There's a huge, massive uprising of people all around the world. It's exploding. It's unprecedented. It's incredible. But it represents this stark contrast, like you're saying. Our our congress our government is so out of touch and they are so bought out and yes. just just to just to really drive this home i mean check this out 80% 80% of democratic voters support a ceasefire while only 8% of their representatives do 56% of republicans support wow. a ceasefire while 0% of republican representatives do i mean wow there still is this enormous disconnect between the ruling class and the people and even corporate America. I mean, McDonald's handing out thousands of free meals to Israeli soldiers, um, Starbucks suing their own union for daring to express solidarity with Palestinian people, enduring genocidal onslaught. It's mind boggling. It's horrifying. But it really just shows how disconnected we are from the rulers Um, from our leadership. And were you surprised? I mean, even though I understand this fundamentally, Alana, I think that you do too, it still was shocking and horrifying to me to see Biden have such callous disregard after 4,000 children are slaughtered with our tax dollars to say there is no chance of a ceasefire. I mean, like what was going through your mind when you saw him say that after this many people were killed?
0: I mean honestly, my, what was going through my head was fuck him. Um, and you can leave that in. Um, (laughs) I, I think what I, what I realized, you know, what I've known, but I think what has is what I think what a lot of people who really are on this side of history and have been for a while, um, have known that the people in power really don't give a shit about the people. Um, the people in power are not doing this for the safety of their citizens. They're doing it to line their pockets and to keep their geopolitical power. This is about land, power, and money. And that's literally it. Um, If you are sitting there thinking that those people are, their actions are out to protect you, I hope that you open your eyes truly. And that is that is really my, my conversation. This has to do with, I don't believe that, that the people who are in power in Israel are there to protect Israelis. I don't think that uh, the people who are in power in the US are trying to protect Americans. Um, I think that there is a l- larger power game and that power struggle will take out anyone in its way, and you're the next one that it could take out. That's the thing, anyone, it could be anyone. The Palestinians could be anyone. And I think that's why there's been such a beautiful solidarity with the black community. There has been for a very long time, this isn't new, um, but it's been amazing to watch even more people come to this place um, because they understand that. Um, that the people in power don't give a shit um, and can very easily subjugate you, um, oppress you, and will do so um, when they feel like it. And so I think um, I think uh, not to call for a ceasefire um, is a disgusting reminder that they do not care for human life um, and that their power position in the Middle East is much more important to them. Um, And I do think that we do we really do need to use our power of of um, of the voting ballot and we need to vote out all the incumbents. It's like if they haven't come out already and said that they don't want to ceasefire, get them out, vote them out. Uh, And I'm talking about anywhere around the world. I'm not just talking about in the U.S. Use your voting power and vote people out because. If if they don't care about those human lives, they probably don't care about yours either. And I think that's a big wake-up call for people. I think um, that has been what has brought a lot of people to this movement, to the Free Palestine movement, has been, holy shit, if they're really willing to allow babies to die and they're really allowing tens of thousands of people to just be murdered and ethnically cleansed, then... They could probably do it to us, too.
1: Yeah, and and seeing the crocodile tears being shed for Ukrainian children from our State Department spokespeople while when asked about Palestinian children, it's just like, well, you know, civilians have to die. It's a war, right? Well, really, it's a war because one side doesn't have an army (laughs) and the other side has high-tech weaponry and is bombing a caged people with nowhere to go. Um, So it's... You know, I keep thinking, how could it get worse? And, you know, first it was the hospital bombing, 500 killed. Then it was the refugee camp, 400 killed. And then it just became normalized, like, not to me, but I mean, it it almost just seemed like people stopped having that unified outrage, like in the media saying, how could this happen? This is horrifying. It just became like every day there's a new massacre with hundreds killed and the death toll just continues to rise. And now it's the babies. Babies literally being pulled out of incubators, manually trying to keep them alive. This was the propaganda that was manufactured to um, consent for the Gulf War about Saddam. And this is like the most atrocious behavior imaginable, pulling babies out Very of incubators. And this is what is happening while the world watches. I don't know what it will take. I don't know if we have an answer to that. Like if, it, if you haven't woken up now, if your humanity isn't shocked to the core with what you are seeing now, what will it take? What will it take for our leaders to step up? I don't know if it's just tens of millions of people refusing to move. until I mean, going to the houses of our, of our representatives, going to the offices of our representatives, sitting there and saying, we are not going to move until you do the right thing. Alana. And I am so inspired by the movement that I'm seeing around the world. And my friends and colleagues who are in Gaza, all of them have been displaced, homeless. All of them have lost people. And when I ask them, what can we do? They just say, you just need to keep the pressure up because it all falls on our shoulders. We are yeah. the children of the empire. And it's it's unfortunate because yes, this is a problem worldwide with all the junior collaborators of, of the empire, but like we are in we're in the belly of the beast right here and our government if Biden said no it would end today and it's yep. it's crazy that this is continuing do you have any last words of optimism or even just it doesn't even have to be that i mean because we don't have to pretend i mean any last I, words that you want to say
0: i think my <clears throat> i think my last words are don't stop talking about it um it's truly like as you said the people that I'm speaking to that are in, in Gaza um, and in the West Bank um, are, are saying, and Palestinians who are living all over the diaspora, um, are saying, please, they're begging us not to stop talking about it. And you, there's no platform too small. Um, if that means having a conversation at Thanksgiving dinner or, um, you know, DMing a friend or posting to your Instagram or going to a march, doing a sit in, whatever it is, don't stop because there will be movement if we don't stop. Um, you know, hundreds of thousands of people of millions of people have turned out for for marches and it it is moving the needle. It may not seem like it's moving it so quickly, but I promise it's the only thing that we can do right now and we really need to do it. So don't stop talking about Palestine. It's the only thing that is giving any hope to the people of Gaza. So please, please keep asking for a ceasefire. Please keep talking about the occupation and, and don't stop until we see some change.
1: And, in, yeah. in, you know, West Hollywood isn't the easiest place to live. I, I just moved from there. It's a, a big Israeli stronghold. A lot of people who are dual nationals live there. It Have you seen the sentiment changing just where, where you are? I mean, you're in L.A. It's, it, it's not that easy to discuss these things there. Um, I remember seeing kids with IDF shirts at the playground where I was at with my son.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think... Um I have. I think a lot of people who felt like they didn't want to be political or they didn't want to get involved or they didn't understand. That was a lot of what people thought was, I don't understand, so I don't really want to get involved. It's hard not to understand what's happening now. It's hard to look away and and act like you don't understand um, the death of babies, Um, children dying uh, and women, children and men People, innocent people dying. It's hard to look away from that. Um, So I have seen a lot of people who I never thought would speak out about Palestine actually speaking about it. I have run into people that I never thought I would see at marches, at marches. So I do think that, um, you know, people call LA little Tel Aviv. And um, uh, I do think that um, it is, the needle is moving, there's a lot of a lot more uh, Jewish people who are understanding why they should be anti-Zionist. Um, I do think that uh, the solidarity with the Jewish community has been such a beautiful solidarity and so necessary um, for for people to truly understand um, what is going on, to understand that if you go to a rally that's a pro-Palestinian rally, you're going to see Jewish people there. You're going to see um indigenous people of all kinds. You're going to see black people, white people, you know, Asian people. Um, You're going to see people from all different walks of life life and religion. I promise you, if you drive by um, an Israeli rally, you're not going to see Palestinians um, (laughs) there. So it's pretty easy to spot uh, who the occupied and who the occupier are, just just in that way. Um, So there's not a lot of solidarity with from Palestinians in the uh, Israeli camp, but there's a ton of Palestinian solidarity from Jews. And I think that that's been such a beautiful and amazing thing to see um, because historically Palestine has been made up of of a lot of different religions and um, Judaism has been a huge important part of it. Um, and I think that it will also be part of the freedom of of Palestine.
1: This is truly a moment that history will remember. We will look back at this moment from future generations and ask ourselves, not only how did we let this happen, but what did we do to stop it? Thank you so much, Alana Hadid. You are amazing. I'm so honored to call you my friend. Um, Really appreciate you taking the time to talk to us today. Thank you. I'm going to (laughs) cry. Thank you. I appreciate you, Abby. Thank you so much. It was really great talking to you.